Alright, hello everybody and welcome to this special episode of Pineapple Juice where um, there's a bit of a funny story to this one. So in the last episode that came out we thought we were like four or five episodes ahead where we had a bunch of the backlog. Yeah. And by the time it actually came out we realized that we had no backlog. So if we want to keep putting it out every week we'd have to keep recording. But Jacob's not available this week. So this week... We're going to try something where it's just Peter and I, and we're going to stick to a format where if one of us can't record one week, the other two that can, can just hop right in and do this format and do a little bit of a quick special. So, yeah. yeah. It's a little bit of a, you know, this is pineapple juice as a whole, but this is like pineapple juice um, extra mix or something like that. Like, it, this is just a little bit of a, it's a little bit title. of an extra, what's a working title, uh, but, but we're adding a little bit of flavor into our mix, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Giving you something a little bit different than normal. Exactly. We're not actually making a story here. We're just kind of talking about how we make stories, if that makes sense. Yeah, in our very imperfect ways, right? Like, we, us three, uh, we love stories. We love reading stories, ingesting stories, writing stories. But in the writing part, I would say all of us are very early amateur stages. And the podcast as a whole is a great way for us to uh experiment and 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 try our, our hand at at story making just on, on a very short form quick um going at a mile a minute style way of writing um so this is our i guess amateur look at what we do and it's just it's just for fun right we're having a good time before i mean you've heard a little bit about some of them but yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, they don't always work out. Actually, in fact, no. as of currently recording, none of them have panned out. The furthest <laughs> we've ever gotten is the podcast, and we've recorded, uh, well, we've recorded over a dozen, and I bet a dozen have gone out now. Um, so it's it's that that's so far our highest level of success, and and I think in success, it's not even about the amount of people we get listening to the podcast, even though that's nice and, and we want more people to listen to it because our numbers aren't, like, um, great. Let's be frank. Like, we're getting, like, very low numbers. Not that uh, we've done a ton f- to try and change that, but... Not really. It's difficult. Uh, but it's good for us as storytellers, just trying to, like, stretch our legs a little bit. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's good. I like it a lot. Yeah, so... The um, main thing that we wanted to talk about for this uh, special little behind-the-curtains episode was sort of like what kinds of things inspired us to make stories or what kind of things that we're thinking about. Or I should say the examples that we're thinking about when we're coming up with stories. Yeah. I don't know if you have anything right off the bat, Jake. Uh, I almost called you Jacob. That's really embarrassing. Oof. That's uh, I know. You sound just like him. That's my problem. I do, right? You said Identical. Do your, do your Jacob. Hi, my name is Jacob. Spot on. Hello. Like, it sounds like he's in the room. <laughs> Hello. I hope none of my You're... students are listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I was really good. <laughs> right? You're like Dead on. 10 octaves too high. Or like, I, I think realistically <laughs> four octaves too high. Yeah, just but a few. I can't, quite down, I can't get down that low. My, my voice just doesn't do that. No. No, no, you can't get your voice that high. Huh? Right? right? You, you're trying to get your voice higher to be like Jacob? Wait, 
I thought you were being sarcastic. No, yes. What? Uh, did I make a mistake? What am I doing? <laughs> I don't know. We got confused. Um, I think... This is the thing. Um, Without Jacob, both of us will just get confused at each other. Yeah. Yeah, we have about two brain cells between us. And, and it happens a lot between the two of us. <laughs> and Jacob's usually the one that holds on to him. Exactly, yeah. He, he kind of corrects the brain cells uh, and brings them in a, 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 a stately forward direction. Exactly. Okay, but back to the topic of what inspires us. Uh, I mean, there's a whole host of things. Oh, yeah. You know, movies, shows, books, audio dramas, depending on what you listen to. So I guess... Audio books. I guess maybe to, like, narrow it down and maybe give us, like, a good... Um, good sp- a good point to, like, start is what... This is for both of us, but I'm like I'm kind of opening up so you can start if you want. Uh, what is the media that got you initially interested in like storytelling? Like, what well, what kind of brought you into that world? Oh, easy, yeah. For me, it was hands down books. I remember I hated reading until I was like second grade or something like that, and then I went into the mm-hmm. library and picked up one of those uh, Magic Treehouse books. Oh, those are so good. I love those. Yeah. And, I mean, I just, like, I cranked through, like, seven of those in, like, two weeks or something when I was a kid. I just kind of got obsessed, like, right off the bat. And then, I don't know, I mean, you, uh, there was the Goosebump books. There was, um... An Arl Stein classic, for sure. Oh, yeah. There's one they that made me stuck scared. to me. <laughs> those never really scared me. Most of the time I read them, I was just kind of like, what, what am I reading? I don't understand this. There was one that did stick with me. It was this one where, um... It was a kid, he, like, went out into his garage and he found, or his, like, grandparents' garage or something, and he found, like, yeah. this uh, um, recipe for how to make, like, a flight potion, and he just kind of makes it as a joke, and then it turns out it works, and there's a bit where his dog takes it and is, like, stuck on the ceiling because he just starts floating. Um, <laughs> but that story stuck with me because it, it felt very un-goosebumpsy because the whole point was this kid learns to fly, and then, um, like, he becomes, like, a celebrity, and then his childhood bully... I've read Learned this one too, but yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And then there's this whole thing. I at do. The end, they're like going on. They're gonna race to see who's faster because it's it's like they used to race running as a kid, but now it's like a national televised thing. And he pretends like he lost the ability to fly, so the bully, like like the bully, becomes like this media sensation. But like he has no friends because he has no time to have friends. So then like the main character just like live in his normal life and then at night he just goes out and flies around the city because he was pretending and it was great and i remember that and that was like the first story that i read that really made me go whoa that's like like a secret villain kind of story like oh cause, yeah because the guy you're following is he kind of just pulls the ultimate like dick move <laughs> a little bit but like honestly isn't that kind of what you'd want to do if you were in his spot oh totally no like i'm not saying he, I wouldn't do it. I'm just, it. It's still a dick move, but I would totally be like, "Hey, I can't fly anymore," just so I could fly more. On my yeah, terms. you don't. You don't have any of the societal pressures of being the one kid that can fly. <clears throat> That's kind of the thing that. This is kind of a weird. This is a sidebar. If we're gonna keep on doing sidebars, <clears throat> but I, I don't like stories that are like. There's only one hero, you know. 
like the like sometimes for movies you have to do it like with the sam raimi spider-man movies you have one spider-man and then you have a bunch of villains and those universes always made me like weirdly sad because you just want this hero to have more people around him right Mm. and that's kind of like what makes some of the avengers fun now the avengers were a lot of fun um but the fact that there were just more like them and the fact that they could like relate on that level um it made it didn't it's not that it made the world bigger which even though it did but for me it, it kind of created this sense of understanding or at least there's a level that these people could understand each other that no one else could like no one else is going to get peter parker in the raimi trilogy but someone might be able to get peter parker within um the you know marvel trilogy wait sam raimi that's the amazing spider-man isn't it no no the the, uh, amazing spider-man i don't know who directed him i forget but Spider-Man is the one with andrew garfield right yeah okay i get confused by the sam raimi part okay yeah that's fair I, I think if, I don't know, in my head that made, like, a distinction. Maybe most people don't know Sam Raimi directed them. I don't know. I feel like I should. For some reason, that information just completely blanked out of my brain. That's fair. Yeah. But anyway, that was a weird side tangent. It's just my feelings on, on some of those superhero movies. No, I mean, I'm in, I am I get that, too. In a lot of them... Well, this is sort of why I, I didn't like Superman for the longest time. Because it just... Well, okay, it was part of the reason I didn't like Superman. I, I mean, that whole world feels kind of lonely because it's just him. And that's part of the story, too. And yeah. there's a lot of versions of Superman that, like, can play into that a little bit. And that's sort of like, he's alone. He's got to do all this stuff because he's by himself because he's the only guy that can. All that nonsense. Are you kind of talking like the Christopher Reeves ones from, like, the 70s? Uh, I haven't seen those. Okay. Just, like, general ones Superman that... idea. Yeah. I don't know. I've only seen, I've seen the the more recent Supermans. I saw Superman and Lois. I watched like Justice, uh, Young Justice. Um, I've seen a few, not not a lot. I, I'm not a big on Superman, partly because I, I really didn't like Superman for a long time. But yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, Superman. I liked the Christopher Reeves one. That was the one in the '70s. All four of them. We had like a box set of the four movies. And I like those. Um, I think mostly as a, as a kid, you just accept that this is a movie and you just enjoy it. You don't really think about critiquing it. And, I mean, there's plenty of reasons to critique some of those. Um, but they, they were fun. And I remember just enjoying it. Uh, but, again, that same feeling of, like, gosh, it just kind of feels alone. <laughs> like, yeah. just, there's no one else except for villains. Yeah, and you can play into that and make a really good story if that's, like, a theme that you're playing into, like, intentionally. Otherwise, yeah. it's just kind of one guy beating up a bunch of other villains. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, whatever. What are you going to do? Yeah. Just beat him up, I guess. Just punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of Superman's whole thing. He's just really... Okay, Superman actually is interesting, because when he first came out back in, like, uh, what was it, 40s or something? I thought it was, like, in the 20s. It probably was. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, yeah. long time ago, early 1900s or whatever. Yeah, right? When he first came out, know what we're talking about. Yeah, I said totally. I'm super smart. The the early Superman, he he didn't like he couldn't fly. He didn't have all the crazy godlike abilities that he kind of does oh, yeah. now. Like when he started, he was basically just Superboy from um, Young Justice. Like he could jump 
really, really far because he was just really, really buff and strong, and he basically had invulnerability, but, like... Oh, my god, He didn't have all these crazy abilities where he could, like, fly around the world and reverse time because he flies Dude. fast enough to reverse the Earth. I didn't even un- I didn't even connect that when we were watching Gun Justice that Superboy was just old Superman. <laughs> well, I don't know if they did that on purpose, but like that's, I think that's what that was. That, yeah, you're right. I never even thought about that. Yeah, and oh that kind gosh. of like that power drop in him is part of the reason he's such an interesting character too. Because he seems more realistic. It's more relatable. Best, he's just like he's, really tough. He's the best boy. Best oh, best boy. Best character. Boy. Such. Oh man, gosh, what a man. Mm. Am I right? Come on. Oh yeah, dude. Okay, well this is actually this is a good segment into or segue into another segment. Alliteration's fun. Um <laughs> uh, what was I talking about? I got distracted by the alliteration. Oh no. Oh right, 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 it right, was right. Superboy? Yeah. yeah, so for both Peter and I, uh we have a lot we have some very similar um uh inspirations when it comes to, to writing stuff. Like Young Justice is one that we watched. We watched most of that together, like at least the first season and a half or so i think we almost finished season two we got about like two-thirds the way through i think maybe more yeah yeah and then we graduated and we couldn't like we weren't living together anymore so we didn't womp, womp. keep watching it but womp, womp. yeah but yeah 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 but, like, <laughs> like we watched a lot of young justice we did a lot of nerding out about that and and especially the first two seasons have got a lot of good that we like nerded out about and talked I, about i never expected to like it that much we so my, oh, no. my girlfriend, Not at all. she was trying to get us to watch it for years. Like, fresh, since freshman year, she was trying yep. to get us to watch it. And we were always like, eh, no. Just because we didn't want to watch it, that show for whatever reason. I think at the time, I was like, eh, DC. And now I'm like, I don't care. Like, I just want to see a good DC's story. DC's kind of better than Marvel, hot take. Hot take, the show is making, yes, <laughs> whatever you just said is correct, <laughs> in the show's context. Just because yeah. she turned it on, and then it was myself, Fletcher, um, my girlfriend, um, and our other friend, Ethan, uh, and all of us are watching it, and the first, like, four episodes were, like, making fun of it, like, haha, this stupid little show, it's just, like, a show for kids and whatever, uh, and then Mary Grace is just like, I'm so embarrassed, this show is terrible, uh, or I'm terrible for <laughs> suggesting it, and then episode five rolls around, and we're like, all three of us just kind of, like, lean in a little bit and go, hey, that was pretty good. And then and it then just it got just better. Got so good. And all of us become so invested in this show. Oh, my like, God. It I, happened we, so fast. We couldn't stop. It's so so fast. We couldn't stop watching it. We just wanted to see more. The characters are so well written in that first season. Like, they're so well realized. Oh, yeah. And you care so deeply about them. Oh, my goodness. You Like, one of the things I really liked out of that show, like, automatically from out the gate, my favorite character was Superboy. I called mm-hmm. that right. He is the best character throughout the entire show. The best um, boy. Best boy. He's the best guy. Uh, best boy. But Definitely. Just these characters, like, there's these character dynamics and their different struggles. Like, his struggle dealing with Superman in that season, you're just, Oof. you feel so bad for this guy. And, like, he's angsty and he's, like, upset, but it's, like, not unwarranted. And it's also not handled in a very... Um, corny way i i'd say like he wasn't no, just well, the, like oh i'm angsty he's like got he's not legit reasons exactly. to be upset he's not just angsty he's like angry about some very specific things that make total sense yeah oh my gosh 
Don't get me started yeah. on that show, but like we are getting started on that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we kind of just turned into, you know, nerding out about the show again. But like, well, like, this let's is, this let's is talk about that we... what a what about that made us. What I guess what about that has inspired us as as storytellers? Oh well, Deep, okay. like from what what uh, words? Well, something that like part of the reason that Young Justice is so great, and, and this is something that I've noticed a lot in other things that I really really got attached to other stories that I really, really loved is that the the character dynamics and, and the way all the characters bounce off of each other and their internal struggles and how that how they interact with each other and all these different things, the the character interactions are what make the story really, really engaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's not a super uncommon thing because, you know, there's not much of a story without the characters, but... Yeah. But there's also, yeah. I think for this, it's it's... It's a show for, for for kids, but also not in some ways. Like, I guess that's just a really a credit to the writing because this is just like, it's literally Young Justice. It's these a bunch of teenagers in a super team. And what makes it captivating for a bunch of like 22 year olds is the fact that, it, I, guess, I guess similarly to something like Avatar, uh, The Last Airbender, is that it doesn't matter how old these kids are. There's something either for us that's still relatable or I guess the fact that these characters, the way that they interact. Okay. No, here's what it is. Uh, for, this is for me, at least no point in the show. am I like, these characters are stupid and they're making dumb choices. The thing that I loved about the show is that these are smart people making smart decisions. And so everyone is, uh, that's a character in the show. Even if they're like a goofball, they're very smart. And so no one's making just a dumb decision or like you should split the gang up and go look for clues. No, like they're all like very calculated people, even the villains. And so you're in this show where you kind of are put on the back foot as a viewer because suddenly you're like, oh, it's a kid's show. But then these kids are making decisions that are like incredibly intelligent. And you're like, wait, hold on. I can't even keep up. Like there was one episode. <laughs> but you, you remember this. When, oh, like, dude, that one. Yeah. Speedy joins the team again. This is Red Arrow uh, in the show, if you've seen it. Uh, and he, he doesn't, he's on the team originally. He, like, literally walks out episode one. And then he, like, joins the team for a bit, like, near the end of the season. And these kids are playing 4D chess. And you're, oh, I dude, remember all, crazy. all of us, like, Fletch, you, me, and Ethan, were just sitting there, like, unable to process the speed that they were doing these things. it was Dude, amazing i love it every time something would happen we'd just start screaming like oh my god like, i couldn't have seen yes. that coming oh my no. gosh i should have seen it how wow are they i oh know my god they played the ball but like that for me is my takeaway uh is like when you're trying to like i guess if you're trying to write like a good kids show Never make your characters stupid because you're writing, like, if you're thinking, like, you're writing for kids and, like, okay, I have to dumb it down, don't do it. Just don't do it. Because for, for like, I I feel like you're just losing, uh, I think, in some ways, the retention as you get older. Because if you have just dumb characters when you're a kid, then, like, yeah, it's not a kid. But, like, when you're older and you want to rewatch it, there's, like, not much for you to grab at, I guess. Well, no, and the thing is, kids are not nearly as dumb as you make them out to be. Or, or like, as oh, totally. people act like they are a lot of time. Like, kids do stupid stuff all the time, but most of it's just... I like am an experience. example of that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still do stupid stuff, and I'm into my 20s. Like, <laughs> this, 
<laughs> it doesn't stop. Kids, we just keep doing pick stupid up on stuff. stuff. Like, like if people we're just aware of decisions. It. They can follow it. Like you don't have to. Th- that's sort of something that good stories do really well. Is they just kind of trust their audience to be able to understand things, even the really complicated ones. Like Inception's a movie that everyone talks about being really hard to understand, but and it kind of is. There's a lot going on, but yeah. They kind of trust that you'll be able to follow along, that you'll be able to pick up the mechanics, how it all works. And while it is complicated, they try to ease you into it enough so that when stuff starts getting really crazy at the end of the movie, you're like actually going to be able to pick up on it and follow along. And I think... And or that's uh, Tenet. Like, Tenet was another one. I, but I think that's where Tenet fails. Just because... Really? Yeah. Because they literally say, it's like, don't bother trying to figure it out. And then you're kind of in a weird position as an audience member where where you've seen some of Christopher Nolan's movies and you're trying to understand it. And then this movie just goes ahead and says in the first 25 minutes, don't bother trying to understand it. Like, I guess I didn't And, and some of that, that is like, part, yes, but... like, just, I mean, we also saw it like a year and a half, two years ago, whenever it came out, you know, it's been a while. Well, yeah, I but mean, like, I don't know. I feel like the part that I liked about that, I don't really remember that bit where they're like, ah, you can't really understand it, but like, I remember it being like, it's hard to understand until you see it in action, until you get into it, until you do it. And that was kind of the whole point with this with yeah. the guy was that he kind of just had to do it a couple of times. And after you see it in action, by the time you get to the end of the movie, when everything's going crazy, you got all these different overlapping time streams and stuff. It's like you understand it enough that you can follow along. And, and stories that just trust the audience and really like, yeah, you know what's going on so long as they actually explain it accurately or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it's hard to, I guess for me, it was difficult when, because they, they, they say it when he's, like, initially learning about it, like, when he's, he's with, like, this, this scientist woman, and she's like, here's a gun that re- reverse fires, and he's like, hello, and she's like, literally, don't even bother, like, you're never gonna get it, <laughs> like, just the audience is like, all right, I guess we're never gonna get it, and it, because it doesn't fully make sense, it, it, it it does as you kind of go along like it's it kind of makes more sense but it it does struggle a little bit with that huh yeah yeah so maybe that's 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 an example of it not quite working out i guess i don't really remember that part but sure i just i mostly just remember like the scene at the end that that last like assault thing going on where all the different time streams are overlapping and it's like that was pretty cool it was really cool i like that i thought it was interesting yeah. and then you know, like, I'm not going to say, like, I didn't enjoy my time in the movie. Like, I did. Like, it was a spectacle, right? You're watching it, and it's just, like, a, an interesting, fun movie to just, like, see. Uh, it's just, like, when you think about it afterwards, you have, like, a lot of questions that even thinking about the movie was difficult. But just, like, you know, it's also fine to just turn your brain off, I guess, for, like, three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a long one, wasn't it? It was pretty long. I don't even remember. But, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. What was the topic? Um, we kind of got way off from the original one, but we did. The the last sort of like question you asked was um, like what what medium or whatever got you into stories? Oh, that that was the very first question. Yeah, uh, the only I guess, one we okay. got into. I I'll I'll answer that for myself. Uh, for myself, mm-hmm. uh, I have a lot of distinct memories of. Well, I would say. Same for me for uh, Treehouse book, book, whatever it's called. What was that? What was that book called? <laughs> the, the Magic Treehouse books. Yeah, Magic Treehouse books. Uh, those books were I. I love those books. Uh, I, I loved them so much I can remember the name like the back of my hand. Uh, 
it was super fun as a kid to read those. I also was really into like different comic books. Like one of my favorite comics I ever read as a kid uh, was the Bone series. Uh, if you haven't read the Bone series, I don't know what you're doing. Go read them now. They're awesome books. So so enjoyable. You should. You would love them. Uh, but like these three cousins are uh, from they, they, they're these weird cartoon characters called Bones from Boneville, and they get banished from their town, and they get sent. They they they're just walking through the desert, and they find this valley that is this magical valley full of like uh, wizards and and nature and magic and stuff like that. Uh, and and mayhem and kind of the story continues and, and happens, but I'm, I'm I'm summing it up terribly. But as a kid, it was an incredible read. It was super interesting, super engaging. Uh, the art was really fun, uh, and I I gravitated to kind of the visual style of storytelling because of that. And so after that, I read. This was also when I was in like middle school i remember they had like the scholastic book sales oh i missed and i was those. like dude that was hype you would go to those and you'd be like um books for me hello and i got this book series of another comic called like, amulet maybe you've heard of it fletch maybe maybe i don't know maybe but any- I that sounds familiar even if you haven't it doesn't matter. Another really good comic, at least from the books I've read, I think it's still going or it's done of the one of the two. But that was another one where the art was beautiful and then the story was very interesting. Um, another kind of like characters found into a or, or sent into like some sort of forgotten realm of sorts. Uh, it, it, and it, but basically what I'm trying to get at is I at a young age, kind of gravitated toward a lot of visual storytelling um, mm. in the medium of books, so like comic books. Yeah, I mean, that sounds about right, considering. Considering, yeah, exactly, my, my future choices of literature. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, it's funny that you brought up Amulet, because that reminded me of um, really like like two other book series that I picked up like in middle school that I was a huge fan of that I, I still absolutely love. Um, well, okay, there was the Percy Jackson ones, but that's kind of, oh, kind of yeah. classic. Loved those books. Um, I think I think the House of Hades from the second series is still one of my favorite books. Partly is that the one where they're trapped in the Tartarus? underworld? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love that I never that, read that, that one. That, thing. Really? The book before I stopped reading it, yeah. No, dude. Like, okay, I finished well, like, the book before, and I was like, I can't wait, and then I stopped reading. that cliffhanger and then just never read it again. <laughs> A literal cliffhanger. Literal cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, I love those books, because, I mean, like, until, well, okay, especially for, like, the early part of my life, Percy and Annabeth were, like, the only fictional couple I actually gave a crap about. So, oh, like, yeah. like that whole book where, like, it's the two of them and they're trapped in literal hell was just <laughs> so cool for me. I was in, like, high school or whatever when that book came out when I read it, I think. Oh, that was, that was, yeah. that was awesome. That's still, like, one of my favorite reads I've, ha- I've done. But sort of what I was getting at was um, Brandon Mull has written two book series. There's The Beyonders and then there's Fablehaven. Fablehaven is similar to Percy Jackson where it's... Um, 
it's like these two siblings and they find out that their grandparents run basically like this sanctuary for magical creatures like fairies and unicorns and dragons and all this stuff and it's it's sort of like all the the classic mythological creatures or whatever it's it's fables it's really cool there's like there's mermaids mm-hmm. and all this stuff and i that's fun saying it like that makes it sounds kind of dorky but like it's really it's really fun <laughs> i love those as a kid and then beyonders was this kid who literally ends up in another dimension in, in like a classic fantasy setting kind of a thing and it's they're both really good books and and i mean they were they're young adult fiction and yeah those were those were the kind of books that i was really into growing up the kind of stories that i really liked the real the really big fantasy crazy ones with these big spectacles and all these weird mythological monsters and creatures and beyonders <laughs> is great because it's got all sort it takes okay beyonders is great partly because he kind of just invents races for things like you know there's normally elves and he kind of takes twists yeah. on elves but they don't work like elves normally do I guess How I guess this isn't spoilers. So I can just straight up tell you this. Like like these are the kind of stories that yeah. I love because they were just like unique in weird ways. Like okay, so the elves of this Beyonders world, right? They aren't immortal, really. What it is is they've got a seed attached to the back of their neck, where when they die, you can plant the seed and they just grow back from that seed. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. That's and then there's like weird. this. Yeah, and there's like these things where like the seed can get broken or like snapped in half or something, and if it does, they're dead for good um and, and there's stuff huh. like that going on with it and it's really cool and then there's like these displacers which basically what they it's sort of a thing where like like you lop off an arm the arm is just detached like they can still move their arm or whatever but it's just like not attached to them and whatever and it's not oh, like they're weird out or anything it's just like yeah and it's really cool and they can do all sorts of weird stuff with that and and that was part of the reason i loved that was because it was kind of a goofy story like the kid gets to this other world by getting swallowed by a hippo in a zoo <laughs> like, of course yeah yeah the classic like it's, it's method really of transportation goofy. exactly it's like it's the kind of dorky goofy stuff that like a 14 year old boy just loves yeah that sounds yeah. hilarious like that opening he's like like i don't even know how it the story opened i there's two there's two i'm gonna just throw it out you can tell me if it was different but uh there's two ways i think the story started it was either uh he's on the bus going to the zoo and he's like ah dang it i hate the zoo or he <laughs> the story starts with I didn't think my day would go like this. One minute I'm talking to the girl of my dreams, and the next minute I'm swallowed by a hippo. A hippo. You know, <laughs> you're closer on that second one. Hold on, is it first person? I can't remember if it's first person or not. Um, no, it's I not wouldn't... first person. It's not. But oh. I, sorry, I couldn't remember. I know a lot of these young adult ones are. Um, but no, I mean it's actually yeah. kind of funny because it basically starts out where he's like studying for an exam. There's a girl there. He's at the baseball cages practicing for you know baseball with some friends and then he works at the zoo part-time or whatever and he's like cleaning out one of the cages here's music coming from the hippo falls in and then gets swallowed and winds up coming out of a log on a river in another dimension and it's great it's hilarious it's like what the <laughs> hell is happening that's really funny yeah it's that's like hilarious. normal teenage life and then poof hippo hippo <laughs> gosh i wish i wish in real life that's what happened when people were eaten by hippos just like Man, I, everyone would be eaten by hippos. Like that's just like number oh, one. Oh, dude, I'd get eaten by a hippo. Yes, yeah, I don't care. I just I, have you seen how they eat like uh, watermelons? Yeah, you just pop a whole watermelon in their mouth. They go harm and just like crunch Hum. it. That could be you, but like in another dimension. Why not? 
You know, if that's what it takes to get to another dimension. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going in. I'm going you know, We're diving into the enclosure. <laughs> Come here, hippo. Open your mouth. I want to get in. Come here, buddy. <laughs> He's like, no, please. Not another human. <laughs> Not another They one. keep getting in my mouth. Like, you guys don't taste that good. <laughs> You're all sweaty and bleh. Bleh. Here's a book okay. that I, as a teenager, wait... I was 12. Um, <laughs> as, Almost. As that age of, of years, I really liked uh, The Hobbit. Let's be honest here. Oh, a classic. such a good book. I wanted to see The Hobbit come out in theaters at midnight because that's the cool time to be alive at 12. Sure. And I was like, Mom, I just saw Lord of the Rings at my grandparents' house. They let me sit down for... 12 hours straight and watch the extended edition all in one go. <laughs> it was the best time of my life. I need to see Peter Jackson's next masterpiece. It's going to be the best Wait, movie ever made. Are those that old? Yeah, the first one came out in 2012. What? Really? It's been 10 years. Whoa, whoa. That is weird saying out loud, but it's true. And so little 12-year-old me Damn. was like, Mom, please. And she was like, all right. But only if you read the entirety of The Hobbit, then I'll take you to go see it. And I was like, challenge accepted. And <laughs> what a book. What an adventurous, exciting tale. And it's a wondrous, genuinely amazing like story written for kids. And yet, hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Every oh, dude, I was rereading it. Great. It's so good. I was rereading it this year. And just every page is just hilarious. Like There's just something to laugh. There's just something that's funny. Like, just Gandalf, Bilbo, Thorin, the other dwarves, because in the books they're kind of just a homogenous blob. They're all very funny. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a very lighthearted book, which is great. Because, look, okay, I, I love Tolkien. I love what he does. I really, like, I aspire to that level someday. I'm never going to get there, but I really want to. If I could make stories that You could. That, oh, I, I mean, I've been working on something long enough, maybe. But, like... Tolkien's great, but his writing style is so hard to get through. Like, The Hobbit, I reread a couple of times. The Lord of the Rings trilogy, I could only read through once. And even that... I couldn't even read it. I... Because I just, I just could not pick up the book long enough and not fall asleep. Which isn't like a knock on the story, because I love the story. All of it. It's so good. But, damn, is it dry. <laughs> It is, because in the, the movie does a good job of cutting some things that, to, you know, to quicken the pace. It, you know, you can't make everything fit in, especially when the first Especially like, when it's book, Lord of the Rings. Especially when it's Lord of the Rings. When, in the movie, the first one kind of goes on, and they're just kind of like, tra-la-la, fiddly-dee, walking around, la-dee-da. And in the movie, they're like, uh, Frodo, you must decide, do we go left, do we do go right? Frodo. And Frodo's like... We go right! And then they go up the mountain. And it's like, oh, we gotta go through the mountain! Well, in the book, <laughs> they don't even, like, bother with that. Frodo's just like, let's go the long way around. And so they start going the long way around the mountain. And they fail. And so they have so to go back up. The and then they try the to go over the mountain. fail. And then they have to be like, salt it all, I'm British. We're going through the mountain, like through the mountain now. And Gandalf's like, all under right. The mountain. We tried Good going luck. around it, it failed. We tried going over it, that also failed. Yeah, like, yeah. Look, I have, they just I have cut mixed out feelings about going around movies. it. Like, the movies did a lot of really good things right. 
The third movie I have the biggest beef with, partly because they just completely cut out the whole raising of the Shire bit, which I get why, but that doesn't mean it's, like, I still don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so, fair. It, it's it's hard to pick and choose. It's, well, like, yeah. But they, like, they, they cut out so much. They really do. Yeah, and I mean, look, I get it. Like, for making a movie adaptation of The Lord of the Frickin' Rings, they did an amazing job. Even just, like, aesthetically and everything. Those movies yeah. look so good. Oh. Still. Like, they still look great. I would I would love if they made, like, a remastered, like, Lord of the Rings. And then, like, if they if they remastered Lord of the Rings and then, like, sent those to, like... I don't even know what you would theaters. do to remaster those movies. Well, like, there's some, some effects that are, like, a little dated. I'm not saying, like, redo all the... Well, maybe you would. Maybe you just, like, give it, like, a, a more, like... Because, like, that movie... Z plural, like, are a triumph of visual effects. Still to the point oh, where yeah. so many of the effects look good today, um, but not everything is going to be like up to a modern day snuff. And I think in some ways, a lot of visual effects. Um, uh, I mean, there's still so many places we can go, so many different uh, advantages we can go. But compared maybe. to then and now, the, the the technology is light years ahead, and so giving it maybe. Uh, like a modern shine could be a fun thing. Although at the same time, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I I like just watched the um, okay. So uh, I, I got like um, HBO Max or whatever, and I kept it for oh. a little while. And like right as I was getting rid of it because I didn't need it anymore because I got it so I could watch Young Justice. Wow, you were like like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they put like the entire extended edition lord of the rings trilogy on hbo max so i just like sat i just i'd never seen them before i'd never seen the extended edition so i basically just like turned it on watched the whole thing in a day while i was doing some homework and aside from the bits that they obviously didn't polish up quite as much because it's part of the extended edition and it wasn't part of the full thing like dude it looked really really good oh it no it does it like i love it I yeah, love I, it. I almost did. I didn't even really notice. I, I mean, there. Yeah, I guess there's some spots that they could clean up. I don't know if that'd be. That would be kind of. I don't think it's. I kind of want to see it, like, it on the big movie screen or movie. Blah, that's blah, more blah. important. Yeah, I want to see it on the big movie theater screen. Like that. That's the thing I want. Oh, for sure. No, I, I think that's more important. And I think I was just getting caught in the weeds of like, what could you do to improve it from what it was? But nah, just just I just want to see in theaters. Like, oh man, talking of like a theater experience. I oh, was dude. so bummed because my dad would always be like, yep, never going to be another Star Wars. And I'm like, I always <laughs> wanted to see one in theaters and I'm now never going to get the chip. Disney? <laughs> huh? Disney bought it? Uh? Oh. And now say what you will oh. about the sequels. And I can say a lot, but <laughs> I, I will be grateful forever to be 15 and sitting in the theater and for the first time on the big screen seeing the millennium falcon fly across the mm. screen oh my gosh man like there oh, were yeah. tears in these these big eyes of mine i yes <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so like that was another major inspiration for well more peter than me but like for def, like for all three of us really like we all love star wars star wars is one of the greatest things ever and and yeah there's a lot 
there's a lot to be said about the new ones. One of the things I did love, though, is that they got the vibe of, like, Star Wars, the feeling of the Star Wars universe. They got that, like, dead on. It looked so... It looks good. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's Disney. It they does look good. A bunch of it's, money it's, stuff it looks exactly. Story's gonna be ass, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's what you get when you get three different writers and no plan. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Kill me. Ugh. Bummer, because it could have think... been so good. could have been so good. Stop making Finn useless. Give him something to do, please. Dude, that was a travesty. They set him I up to do that. so many... They set him up to do multiple really awesome things, and he did, and he did none, none of them. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? come on! I think what inspired me about Star Wars uh, for my storytelling... And actually, this is a f- funny thing... As a segue, what really inspires me about Star Wars for storytelling uh, is less of written. This goes into visual, and not just comic book visual, but like movie visual. Um, and, and especially with Empire Strikes Back, oh my gosh! It's a for me. It's it's in so many ways like one of my favorite movies of all time. It's just oh, yeah. so fun of a sci-fi adventure uh the the like, even i know it's all like it's it's like literally made in like 1980 and so that all the <laughs> effects are very old but the jump that they make from a new hope to like uh freaking empire it's huge like genuinely it's giant like it, the ships are flying in like uh, just one axis like they, they go up <laughs> or straight in a new hope but then you hit empire and then suddenly you're just watching all these ships just make these swooping arcs and, oh yeah, well that's that's the oh wonders of having a budget from such a successful first movie. I know, and then it, it also is like the first like successful. I mean, it's not the first successful sequel in movie history, but it's one of the most successful like sequels ever. If not, well, yeah, the I most mean, successful up to that sequel. point, sequels kind of didn't. They they didn't usually go well. <laughs> yeah, other than something like <laughs> The Godfather. Although I guess The Godfather originally Didn't wasn't supposed after? to be like a part one two and three it was only like part one and two so i guess in some ways that doesn't and i guess that doesn't count fully i don't know i don't know that's another one i still haven't seen the godfather actually i got another god oh my gosh you gotta see the godfather first of all it's incredible yeah. godfather three gets a bad rap it's actually amazing and those people should watch it again and try huh. it out because it's really good like some of my favorite scenes in the godfather are in three so if people tell you Godfather 1 and 2 are great, don't watch 3, or Godfather 3 is not that great, they are close-minded bigots who don't know what they're talking about, if you ask me. <laughs> so watch 3 with an open mind. It's really good. Uh, but, I, but I, anyway, uh, another actually, I want to jump to, I guess pretty quickly, I want to kind of wrap this up in the next few minutes. Um, but how has music influenced you as a storyteller? Oh, Oh, okay. So, I don't know if I can say okay. Ah, mm, how do I? Maybe, maybe do we do we want to save this for when it's all three of us? Yeah, you know this could be an interesting like uh, beginning of the podcast question. Yeah, I I want to save this one. Just and this yeah, that, that's hey, a good question. If for you want to hear yeah. our responses to this, stay tuned for the next episode. Yeah, I I'm not gonna Shameless say much about it, but I'm gonna say for me, music has been incredibly important to how I even visualize a story. I want to leave it at that, hmm. and we'll go into it later. Yeah, not quite the same for me. It's 
Like it's definitely had a role, but not quite that large. I, I, I'm. Role. I don't think for a lot of people it's going to be the same. I can't really say. To be fair, maybe you're the weird one, but like, <laughs> I, I, I that, that that tracks. There's a connection for me with music, in a anyway. We're gonna get into it later. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to finish off with? Uh, anything I can think of would lead into a long segment, probably with lots of tangents. Okay. We'll save all that then. That was good. If you yeah, this was a fun. It's sort of, sort of a shorter special episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not crazy. I mean, it's long, but it's not like crazy long. So whatever. But yeah, yeah. Thanks everybody for listening to this extra special, whatever this was. Just kind of rambling about us and our I, our relationship to stories, I guess. Well, yeah, these are the kind of conversations that we had that made us kind of want to start a podcast. Yeah, well, exactly. Like that's not even a joke. Like we literally talk about this kind of stuff all the time just oh three all of the us. time and just before we graduated we were like you know what if we did this and more <laughs> <laughs> like scheduled times to do this. yeah because what we would do is in general just talk about um uh, are the same stories and, and our own stories um and yeah. so this is like we talked about in the beginning of this episode just like it was it was an exercise for us um, but yeah, this is genuinely just what we do all the time. Yeah. We figured we can, you know, let you guys in on that a little bit. Yeah. So thanks for listening guys. Hope this was enjoyable. If this was, and there is opportunity, um, one of us, sorry, well, two of us of different combinations, either myself and Fletcher, Fletcher and Jacob or Jacob and me, uh, depending on if one of us can't make it or whatever, uh, we'll maybe make more of these if this is something that does reasonably well or if you know we enjoy it i i had fun just kind of chatting it was super um relaxing so oh yeah, definitely i can keep i could do this again yeah all right all right everybody have a good one uh make sure to check us out on social media we have uh social media at pineapple juice and pineapple reload i think maybe yeah, just pineapple, pineapple reload is the email Without Jacob yeah. here, we're kind of hopeless on this. Wait, yeah, <laughs> we we're we're useful in some ways, just not this way. <laughs> <laughs> None of the organizational. What's our what's our handles again? Yeah, exactly. I don't know any of that. Ah. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.